This episode is brought to you by Bureau of Medical Economics, medical account specialists servicing the account collection needs of the medical community for nearly 70 years right here in Arizona. Hello, my name is Dr. Ricardo Correa. I am a board certified endocrinology and internal medicine. I am the program director for the Endocrine Diabetes and Metabolism Fellowship and the Director for Diversity and Graduate Medical Education at the University of Arizona College of Medicine, Phoenix, and the Phoenix VA. I also am the Medical Director for the AC Patch Clinic, a charity clinic in Phoenix. My research interest is in adrenal and pituitary disorders and also in transgender and cardiovascular outcomes. It is a great pleasure for me to introduce you to the Physician Podcast, a service by Maricopa County Medical Society. On the reservation, there's about 170 to 180,000 people that are on there. So when you have 180,000 people going to 13 stores, you're really funneling a lot of people and creating these almost petri dishes of people where you know this infection can kind of just jump from person to person. They go home, there's no running water, um, you're not being hygienic. It's just unfortunate. And then family's huge, and so people kind of congregate to houses. And so it's just kind of this unfortunate just environment where COVID can really wreak havoc. Hi, and welcome to the Arizona Physician Podcast. This is brought to you by the Maricopa County Medical Society. Our guest today is Mr. Brett Clark. He is a second year medical student at the University of Arizona College of Medicine, Phoenix. He is from Page, Arizona a Navajo Nation border town in Northern Arizona. Brett graduated from ASU in 2014 with a Bachelor of Science degree in biochemistry. He then received a master's in medical studies from the University of Arizona in 2019, and is currently set on returning back to the Navajo Nation after graduation and residency to help his people. Brett, thanks for being on the Arizona Physician Podcast. Of course, thank you, John, for having me on. You're welcome. We wanna get into some questions, but uh, let me start by saying that for all the listeners, you and your family are among 300,000 approximately enrolled members of the Navajo Nation, a sovereign nation of over 27,000 square miles of land in Arizona, New Mexico, and pieces of Utah and Colorado. And through my research and, and speaking with friends who are Navajo, found that the Navajo Nation is the second largest tribe in population following the Cherokee Nation. And most of the members, I believe, live in Oklahoma. And I'll remind listeners that American Indians have lived in Arizona for centuries. Uh, we owe them a debt of gratitude for having settled and developed the area. And one thing that uh, certainly sticks out in my mind every day that I take a drink of water is how the Hohokam created the canal system that became today's Salt River Project and supplies water to residents of Maricopa County. So uh, we also appreciate efforts, especially among the, the five medical schools in Maricopa County, to increase racial and ethnic diversity among medical students especially those who are American Indian who come from federally recognized and state recognized tribes that are within Arizona and everyone who wants to pursue a career in medicine, just like yourself. So um, I wanted to start by seeing if you could share with listeners a little bit more about yourself. Uh, I know you're from Page. Page is right up there, the very top of Arizona. I think people may know that Horseshoe Bend is nearby. You've got Lake Powell in the dam that's nearby. Could you tell people about Page um, and also tell everyone, uh, do you know anyone else from your family or hometown who works in medicine? Yeah, so 
Page has a population of 7,000 people. It was founded in the 1950s, 1960s, and it's been really cultivated and um, developed since then. Yeah, Antelope Canyon is also in Page, so you guys may have seen those cool slot canyons, maybe on a desktop or something. That's like 10 miles from my house. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff up there in Page. It's awesome. Yeah, so I actually personally don't have any family members in the medical field. I'm a first year, sorry, I'm a first generation college graduate. And of course, first one in my family to go to medical school. So really cool. And I'm really honored, blessed to be here. And Paige, you know, I, I know a lot of nurses, but there's not really any Navajo doctors that have, signed, have settled in Paige. And so I hope to be somebody that goes in and invests in the community that I grew up in. So yeah, I'm excited. That's amazing. It's surprising to hear as well. I, I know um, a lot of Navajo physicians may be going to uh, Shiprock mm-hmm. or to other locations, you know, uh, Kayenta, but no one that you know is settled in Page. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Granted, you know, Tuba City, Kayenta, uh, Window Rock, Fort Defiance, Shiprock, you know, those are all, those are the big cities that have the big hospitals that are dedicated to the Navajo people. And Page, like I, like we said, is a border town. So, you know, it gets resources, it gets physicians from other places. So. Right. And most yeah. of them would be uh, uh, civilian or uniformed public health service officers, uh, physicians working up there. Correct. So uh, first in your family to go to college, first mm-hmm. to uh, get into medical school, why medicine and why did you choose uh, college of medicine Phoenix from university of Arizona? Yeah. So you know, what's funny is I grew up just kind of always getting hurt. You know, I probably have broken 12 different bones. Um, And primarily when I was 12, you know, this is a big part of why I chose medicine. When I was 12, I was actually physically run over by a Ford, like F-150 truck. So, you know, people like I was physically run over like a speed bump. What? Yeah. Yeah. Really, really crazy story. So I was in the hospital for two weeks. I was intubated. I actually had bilateral pneumothorax, so collapsed lungs on both sides. And so they blew me down to Phoenix. You know, I was treated. And really my whole childhood was just, and my family joke about it a lot, about how I was always in the hospital or how I was always hurt. I'm glad they could joke about it because you barely (laughs) survived, right? And uh, Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, so from that point on, you know, it just seems like, I was kind of just destined to give back to the medical community because of how much they cared for me and how much, you know, they did for me. And so I was just really thankful. And so that kind of set my trajectory towards medicine. And as far as U of A, downtown Phoenix, I applied in 2014 after I got done with my undergrad and I went through one cycle. And typically nowadays people, you know, on average get in after two cycles of medical school application, the whole process. So I went, I did, I went through all of that in 2014, didn't get in, had four interviews. And then I didn't really know if I wanted to pursue medicine. I, there was some other paths that I could have taken during the period of 2014, 2019. I, you know, during that time I got married and did some other stuff, but anyway, um, I tried once more and I said, I was just going to try in the U of A downtown Phoenix. And I only applied there. Just one, one out of one, it was going to work. It was going to work. 
and I got in through their Pathway Scholar program. And so that's why I'm here now. Congratulations. What type of medicine would you like to practice? And do you plan on seeking a residency in Arizona? You know, can you talk about that Pathways program? Is that setting you up for residency here? Actually, no. So we can do residency wherever. And I'm, I'm wanting to take a more like a PhD approach. So when PhDs, so once you get to your PhD, you typically want to do your postgraduate work elsewhere. You know, I know a lot of, you know, to kind of make your application competitive, you want to go in a different place where your undergrad was. So that's what I want to do. And I've talked to my wife and we want to go maybe Seattle or Wisconsin, kind of get out of Arizona because I've been here the last 12 years going to school. Good idea to get that perspective and then figure out if you do want to come back and when that would be and where that would be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're planning on coming back to Page, the Page area. There's a town right outside of Page that's on the Navajo reservation that most of my family actually resides in still today. And that's called the Arizona. And okay. that'll just be a family medicine position. I could imagine a lot of physicians who are members of MC must have mentioned, especially now during the COVID-19 pandemic that's still going on. They get a lot of questions from family, even during normal times, being the family, the physician in the family, mm -hmm. or if you're a lawyer in the family, you get all the legal questions. But on top of that, you would actually be working with family and caring for them. So that's a whole different level. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get to that roadblock when it, when it comes, you know? Yeah. So you talked about going to page. Um, and we've thrown out some other names of towns that are up north. Uh, where else could physicians work in Navajo Nation or nearby locations? And could you describe what that may be, uh, what that may be like in Tupa City or Cayenta or Fort Defiance? Do you know uh, more details about those facilities? What do they offer? And uh, the type of medicine that's practiced there? Yeah, so as far as what's being offered, I don't really know. You know, I'm not really up to date with all of all of their stuff, but Kayenta is a new hospital that was just built in the last three years. Um, it's, I think it's the biggest hospital on the reservation as of today. So they're definitely investing in healthcare, and that's primarily because of the social determinants of health on the reservation. There's just many chronic conditions that are affecting the Navajo people. And so the government is definitely seeing that there needs to be a bigger investment in the healthcare of their people. Good but deal. definitely a lot out new opportunities on the reservation coming up. Absolutely. Folks, you've been listening to an episode of the Arizona Physician Podcast. When we come back, we'll speak with Brett Clark about conditions of COVID-19 and the pandemic and impacts on Navajo residents and how the Navajo Nation has responded to the outbreak. We'll be right back. Bureau of Medical Economics has been servicing the account collection needs of the medical community since 1951 nearly 70 years of experience in this industry and proven results. We proudly consider our clients, your practice, an invaluable business partner. There is no obligation and no upfront cost. Please give us a call at 602-252-3469 for more information. Welcome back to the Arizona Physician Podcast. Our guest today is Brett Clark. He's a medical student at the University of Arizona College of Medicine, Phoenix. Brett, let's talk about the COVID-19 pandemic and impacts on Navajo residents. I understand that the pandemic has hit Navajo particularly hard, especially among older adults and people with serious underlying medical conditions. They're at higher risk for severe illness from the COVID-19 disease, uh, which is caused by SARS-CoV-2 virus. 
which chronic conditions are common among Navajo members and contribute to severe cases of COVID-19. I want to be as sensitive as, as I can when discussing some of these conditions. I know there's a lot of stereotypes around some of these conditions, you know, in regards to Native Americans, but primarily, you know, individuals with diabetes on the reservation that can lead to chronic kidney disease. Those complications from chronic kidney disease can also lead to respiratory complications as well. There's a lot of conditions that can complicate and make an infection with SARS-CoV-2 more severe and more deadly. Um, and that's what we're seeing with the numbers right now. Okay. You'd mentioned before the break, the social determinants of health. Yeah. Um, for listeners who may not be as up to speed on what that is, can you summarize for people, what are the social determinants of health? How, what is that perspective in looking at individual health or population-based health? Yeah. So recently in the last year, we've, we've seen that zip code is actually a better determinant of your health than anything else. So just where you live can determine if you're going to have on average, better health than everyone or, you know, worse or lower average health than others. And so on the Navajo reservation, there's just a lot of factors that play into it, social factors and infrastructure factors that play into what's happening on the Navajo nation right now. For example, 30% of households on the Navajo reservation do not have running water or electricity. So when you don't have running water, you know, this is going to affect hygiene. And so if you come back from the store and we know that there's only 13 grocery stores on the Navajo nation and the Navajo nation has the square mileage of about approximately West Virginia. So when you only have 14 stores and you have a hundred and so I know you said there's 300,000 people that are enrolled members of the tribe on the reservation. There's about 170 to 180,000 people that are on there. So when you have 180,000 people going to 13 stores, you're really funneling a lot of people and creating these almost petri dishes of people where, you know, this infection can kind of just jump from person to person. They go home, there's no running water. Um, you're not being hygienic. It's just unfortunate. And then family's huge. And so people kind of congregate to houses. And so it's just kind of this unfortunate just environment where COVID can really wreak havoc. And how has the Navajo Nation responded to the outbreak? Are the communities rallying to care for their friends and neighbors? Yes, yes. There's a lot of people donating. You know, I think a lot of people can go on Facebook and see that there's, you know, so many different organizations, even celebrities. So Jason Momoa, even uh, Mark Ruffalo, these people, you know, they, they've donated a lot of their time. They've donated a lot of their own personal funds to help the people in the Navajo Nation. So a lot of people... You know, people across the world are even donating. So we're getting a lot of support, and I'm really, really thankful for all of that. That's great to hear and, and see. And if people wanted to donate, for example, is there an organization that sort of vets uh, where, who receives the donations or anyone that's reputable that you know who should receive the funding? Yeah, so there's actually many different organizations, and it's just really depending on also where you're out, where you're at. So I know a lot of organizations down here in Phoenix are giving back. It, you can go directly to the Navajo Nation Department of Health and donate there. And if you want to do supplies, you can do supplies. If you want to do money or if you want to volunteer some of your time, there's a ton of different options. Just go online. I don't know any specific site or any specific organizations. I just know that there's a lot of people giving and donating. So 
Okay, great. We'll try to find something and put that in the show notes. So, Brett, you're just starting your medical career, right? You're, I mean, you're still in medical school. Correct. But what lasting impacts do you think the pandemic will have on the medical community in Navajo Nation? So I think, and I'm hoping that we begin to invest in public health. And I think this is, there, I mean, there's, there's a Department of Health there. And so I don't want to detract from anything that they're doing. But I think what we're seeing now, even in small rural towns, is we need to invest heavily in public health. I think a lot of people are getting their information from Facebook and, you know, that's not as uh, reliable as we want from the medical um, field perspective, but investing in the public health is going to be key going forward to prevent, you know, all of, we just weren't prepared for this. A lot of people weren't prepared for this. And so hopefully next time we're prepared for this. Exactly. It's been a really good discussion with you. Um, The last question, Brett, is, What's next for you in medical school? So where are you in the pipeline and what's going to happen for this next year? Yeah, so we're going to be online until right now, tentatively until the beginning of October. Online medical school isn't what I signed up for, but, you know, we got to do what we need to do. And so second year, I'll be starting my second year. So we'll have step one next year and then we'll go into our clinicals and rotations and then residency, maybe elsewhere, Seattle or Wisconsin. And then hopefully we'll, um, actually not hopefully, I will be going back to the Navajo Nation to give back. I'm being funded by the Navajo Nation to go to school. So I will be going back to serve my community and my people. So I'm excited. That's very exciting to hear. And you're a new father. So congratulations. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Last week, my wife gave birth to our son. So we're happy and we're, we're really loving everything. Good stuff. Brett Clark is a second-year medical student at the University of Arizona College of Medicine in Phoenix, and he's been our guest today in the Arizona Physician Podcast. Brett, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, John. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Appreciate it. Founded in 1892, Maricopa County Medical Society is a strong, collective physician voice. Thank you for listening to the Arizona Physician Podcast.